For the next few moments, quiet your mind and listen carefully with your whole heart. Take a deep breath in. Hold it. Now breathe out. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Deep breath in. Hold it. Now breathe it out. Jesus didn't say you might find rest, or that somehow you'll find rest as you wander aimlessly through this life. He said, come to me, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. It's a promise. He goes on to tell us that he is gentle, and that in him our very souls will find rest. Breathe in. Hold. Breathe out. You can take Jesus at his word. You can choose to take all your cares and worries, anxiety and pain, habits and hurts, and give them to Jesus. Are you restless? Are you weary and worn out? If given the opportunity, could today be that day of rest? As you breathe in and breathe out, remember that Jesus is patiently waiting for you to come to him, bringing everything that's weighing you down. Jesus is waiting to give you rest. So imagine with me for a moment that you were gifted 52 days off, paid for. No worry about taking vacation days, not worried about having to work. 52 days off. How does that sound? And let me ask you, what would you do with those 52 days. Close your eyes with me for a moment. Let's dream a little bit. Can we imagine maybe you would head to the beach? Let's go to the beach. Can we do that today? All right, I'm going to do my best ocean impression. Well, maybe you just left the beach. Just teasing. Maybe, maybe you'll go camping, of course, in a cabin. Who goes in tents? Or maybe you do some glamping. 52 days. No stress. No worries. No cleaning. No working. Maybe you would go somewhere in nature for a walk. Maybe you would go to a show. Maybe you hit the symphony. Or you can open your eyes now. You're not any of those places right now. (laughs) You're in church. But just imagine with me for a moment. You have been gifted with 52 days 
That is the gift of Sabbath. God has gifted us with 52 days a year to stop, right? To rest, to delight, and to worship. 52 days. Now, let's do some math. God gives us 52 days off. Your boss gives you 52 days off, hopefully. What does that up to, add up to? You're just as bad as I am. They're like 52, 53, 54, 50, 104. Then there are about 14 federal holidays, which goes to 104 to what? 118. Plus, you let's say the average person has... 10 vacation days a year. Did you know that you have four months off a year? Everybody pull out your phone and hit the mind-blown emoji. Like you never even thought of that. You, you have off four months in 2022, technically speaking. Some of you work six days, some of you work seven days. That's okay. We're average. Then, then if I have four months off, then why in the world am I so tired? How many are with me on that? If I, have, if I have 52 days of rest, why am I exhausted? Anybody exhausted? Anybody tired? But why? The, the real reason, I'm not yelling, sorry. The real reason is because we know how to take a day off, but we don't know how to rest. How many know there's a difference? That's why I call rest resistance. Today I want to talk to you, part two in the sermon series, closed on Sundays. Jonathan is right, churches open on Sundays. But the premise behind closed on Sundays is that we're all taking one day off a week to stop, rest, delight, and worship. And today I want to talk to you about the resistance of rest. I want you to think about for a moment those 52 days. Let's go back there. Let's go back to the beach. Those 52 days off. And then I want you to identify what emotions you're feeling of resistance towards taking those days of rest. Can we take a moment and focus on the resistance? Because I believe all of us can agree that we all want to rest. We all need rest. But why is it so hard to rest? It's because within us there's a resistance to rest. And if this was a classroom, I would ask you to respond and what the heck, let's do it. What's the resistance to rest? Raise your hand. Anybody? Go ahead, Dwayne. Boom. There's always something to do. When I think of rest, I feel resistance because there's 
always, how many agree with that statement? How many are in that statement? There's, I want to rest, but there's resistance. What else? Somebody real quick. Boom. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I have so many thoughts on that one right there. But how many agree? I want to rest, but I got three kids. Or you might have two kids and it feels like four kids. I don't know if you've ever been there. I felt like I had six kids. I only have two. But those boys, you know, they keep me busy. I got kids. What else? One more. Maybe one more. Anybody? I want to rest, but what's the resistance? Nice. You're thinking already of all the things that, ha- that were left undone that you have to do when you get back. And, and, and it's part of our nature. Some of us are driven by work. We're driven by tasks. We're driven by performance. We're in a culture that actually praises workaholics. You actually can get a gold star for, 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 for not calling out. <laughs> like, wow. I remember listening to a radio station. There was a nurse, a nurse that it was, she was retiring 32 years and she didn't call out sick one day. Praise God for those nurses. God bless the nurses, but sweetheart. <laughs> she must be tired. Take a day off. What is it that kind of we resist? Could it be that we feel guilty for resting? Could it be that we're so wired to work that we don't know how to rest? Could it be that we're so wired to perform that we feel like not doing is not accomplishing anything? And if I'm not accomplishing anything, then I'm not important. Could it be that your value, excuse me, our value is tied to doing? Do you know something about your pastor? I am a doer. And I love tasks. And I can tell you this. When my task list is complete, I sleep better. How about you? Like I think about, when I go to bed, what puts me to bed, I think about that I finished my to-do list for the day. That's great. The only problem is, how do you sleep when you don't? Last week, I talked about the condition of our souls post-pandemic. I talked to you about the need for rest. And in the only way we're going to recover from the trauma in our lives, from the trauma of the pandemic, from the trauma we've experienced, is to find rest. And the truth is this, that in a world, what we need most more than ever in a world gone mad is to recover our souls and find real rest. And the thing is, if we don't discover rest, I don't mean taking a nap. I mean rest for your mind, rest for your heart, rest for your soul. I'm going to jump ahead to one of my points. But if you don't learn to slow down, you will slowly burn out. Come on, somebody tweet that. Somebody post that. Somebody write that. Take notes. The biggest thing you could do for my ego is take notes. Because that means what I'm saying is important and you want to remember it. Think about it. 
you don't slow down, you'll eventually slowly, slowly burn out. How do we avoid burnout? Remember, I don't want to rehearse my story, but I experienced burnout, so I speak from experience. How do we do it? We've got to do what we, what we said last week in Psalm 46 then is what? What's it say, church? Step out of the traffic. <laughs> Get out of the traffic. Take a long, loving look at God, your high God. He's above politics. He's above everything. God, our, our God is so high. He's so exalted. But the truth is, we can never see the greatness of God if we don't create the space or find a place in which we can look at God and take time to be with him. Your problems will continue to overwhelm your soul until you're able to step out of the traffic and look at how great your God is. And God has gifted us with a Sabbath, 52 days of a year, to rest our souls. That word soul is holistic. It doesn't mean take a long nap, which is good sometimes. Sometimes you might need that. But it means rest for your mind, rest for your body, rest for your soul, rest for your spirit. So that you're present with God, present with yourself, and present with others. The greatest gift you can give to the world is a present you being present. I think if we were to look at our upbringing, probably maybe you grew up in a home that was not very healthy or dysfunctional and you grew up with a father or mother that was not present. I don't know if you ever had that experience. They were there physically, but they were not mentally. Let's talk about marriage. Maybe you're in a marriage where it just feels like the husband and the wife, they're just not present. The greatest gift you can give is to be present. But the only way that you find presence is if you're rested. The best thing you can bring to your life and to those around you is the best version of yourself. And you cannot bring the best version of yourself if you're exhausted, depleted, and tired, and running on empty. Like there was this great philosopher or commercial that says, you're not yourself when you're hungry. I remember that one, right? What's the tagline? What's the product? Snickers. And how many know you're not yourself when you're tired? And the thing is, we know we're tired. We know we're exhausted, but we just don't know how to pause. We just don't know how to push that pause button and be still. And rest. And we say to ourselves, we got so much to do. Well, well, brother, well, sister, there was so much to do before you were born, and there will be a heck of a lot of stuff to do after. But I want you to think about what happened last night while you slept. When you slept for eight hours, or maybe six hours, or maybe five hours, whatever hours you slept, how many woke up and there was sunlight? I think God did a pretty good job holding the universe in his hands. I think he did a good job spinning the world on his axis. Axis, right? 
I think he did a good job providing us with oxygen and food and stuff for us. I think the core issue to the resistance of rest is trust. But my friends, if we resist the resistance and we rest, rest is actually resistance. Resistance to working, resistance to being depleted, resistance to being burnt out, resistance to being controlled by the drive of accumulation and accomplishment, resistance to becoming valued by your work, resistance to the culture, resistance to the God of this society, resistance to Nebuchadnezzar himself, who enslaved God's people for over 400 years, who demanded that they work, who demanded that they would not allow to take days off, who looked at the Jewish people as machines rather than beings because when I rest I resist the notion that I'm a slave when I rest I resist the notion that I'm a human doing when I rest I resist the notion that I'm a machine and when I rest I embrace the fact that I am created in the image of God because in Genesis 2 let's go back to the very beginning what do we read by the seventh day God finished the work he had been doing so on the seventh day he what rested from all his work and then what did God do on the that day God blessed the seventh day and made it what holy that word holy simply means set apart do you know that the Sabbath is not an ordinary day the Sabbath shouldn't look like every other day in your week it's a day that's different it's a holy day It's a day separated unto the Lord for him. In the original Hebrew language, let's go a little bit here. The word rested is Shabbat. Say that word with me. Shabbat. I just love that word. It just sounds so like life-giving. Shabbat. And it means what? To cease and to stop working. That's what it means. Now, before we go a little further... The idea of stop working, the connotation, first and foremost, means your career, your vocation, your job. That's really the the heart of that. But it also means not just not work from things that you're paid to do, but it also can mean stuff that you're not paid to do. Sort of like your errands and your to-do list and the busyness of your day and the busyness of your life and paying your bills and doing things that deplete you and drain you and exhaust you. However, it does not mean, now some of you are saying, well, if we're closed on Sunday, Pastor, then, then, then that means I don't serve because I'm not supposed to work. Well, that same example happened to Jesus in the scriptures. Jesus followed the Sabbath. He obeyed the Sabbath. He observed the Sabbath. And on the Sabbath, there was a man who needed a healing, a miracle. And Jesus healed the man on the Sabbath. And all of the Pharisees were like, oh my gosh, can you believe what he did on the Sabbath? What Jesus was teaching us that 
Sabbath means we cease from work, but it doesn't mean we cease from helping other people. And when you serve God in this church, especially on a Sunday, how many know you're helping other people? You're leading people into that transforming relationship with Jesus. See, see, the worship team served and they were helping you grow closer to God. How many know that? The production team were helping you grow closer to God. The host team were helping you grow closer to God. The cafe team provided coffee and they injected you with a little caffeine so that you can get your praise on. Come on. That is all about, all about helping you. And Jesus says, yes, that's what I want you to do. Serve me and love me. Worship me, but I want you to stop and rest from your vocation, from the busyness of your life. I want you to pause, and I want you to remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Let me give you a little more teaching here. Really cool stuff. I love it when you think you know about a topic, and you read about it, and there's more to it. Do you know there's two instances in the Scripture where this command, remember the Sabbath, is found. By the way, it's a command. It's one of the Ten Commandments right up there with do not kill, do not steal, do not commit adultery, and remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. But there's another instance in Scripture in which we read this command, and it's found in Deuteronomy chapter 5. And just before I flip over to that verse... It's right before they cross the promised land, I mean, cross the Jordan River into the promised land. God is giving them this passage, um, this reminder. So this is in the beginning to Moses. Now he's giving this command again to, to, in Deuteronomy. Remember this, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Then it begins with Joshua. Joshua leads them out of the wilderness. In Deuteronomy, notice the change. In Exodus, he says, remember. In Deuteronomy, he says what? Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. That word observe means protect it, celebrate it, and keep it. Sort of like Christmas. Christmas is a holiday. We observe Christmas. We guard it. We protect it. We keep it. We celebrate it. That's what that means. Remember talks about the rhythm. Observe talks about the resistance. Let me go a little further. If you look at the original in Exodus 20, look at how he finishes giving the instruction. Exodus chapter 20, verse 11. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Okay? Oh, I, I, I messed this reference up. This is not Exodus 20. We're still on Deuteronomy. I got to fix that for next verse. But Deuteronomy now, this is how Deuteronomy ends. It says... Remember that you were what? Slaves in Egypt. Exodus talks about the rhythm. Deuteronomy is talking about the resistance to slavery. It says, remember when you were a slave. 
Remember when Pharaoh refused to give you a day off. Remember when he put the heavy yoke upon you. Remember when all you were to Pharaoh was an object of production. How many know Pharaoh is still alive? The spirit of Pharaoh is still here. And if we don't resist, we too would become objects of production. And that's what he says. He says, remember, you were a slave, but you're no longer a slave. That the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath. Exodus is the rhythm. Deuteronomy is the resistance. Rest is a resistance to the secularism of our world. Rest is resistance to the God of materialism. Rest is resistance to the gods of achievement. Rest is resistance to the ego who, who seeks value in accomplishment. We are driven as slaves in this culture. We are slaves to our jobs. We're slaves to our possessions. We're slaves to, to, our, to our materialism. Do you know that our country works more than any other country in the world? Do you know that this country has more things than we've ever than anybody else in the world? Do you know the average home has 300,000 items? I read that. I started counting. One, two, three, four. Think about the average home, 300,000 items. And, and studies show that we have more than we've ever had. We work more than we've ever worked, yet we're the unhappiest we've ever been. And studies show that it all started a few decades ago when they eradicated the blue laws. Could it be there's a connection between Sabbath and happiness? Could it be this, that here, we work more than we've ever worked before. We have more than we've ever, yet we're unhappier than we ever have before. Could it be that we are so unhappy because we haven't pushed pause just simply to be grateful for what we have? Because when we rest, we resist. Sabbath is a form of a resistance that requires to, us to fight powerful forces that war against our desires for more. When we Sabbath, we resist the idea that we need more, that we don't have enough. We push pause and give thanks for our family, for our lives, for what he has blessed us with. When we Sabbath, we taste and see that the Lord is good. Isn't that awesome? I wrote all these things down. I couldn't delete them. I'm like, there's too many, too many good statements. So again, keep writing these down. I'll take pictures. Here's another one. Um, 
Sabbath is a way we break our addiction to the gods of accomplishment and accumulation. Because we are addicted to it. It just seems like we don't have enough sometimes, generally speaking. And then 95 of the commercials that we watch are communicating the message, you're not happy unless you have more. Why is it that we have so much yet we are exhausted and depleted and unhappy? And unless we learn to recover our lives the right way, we will continue down a path of depletion. Unless we learn to slow, slow down, we will eventually slowly burn out. You see, Sabbath involves a choice. We all have a choice. We have a gift, and, and, and it's, it's up to us to access that gift. You know, someone gave me um, this past week a $51 um, Grubhub card for my birthday. That was so cool. So they gave me this Grubhub card gift, 51 bucks, and they said, Pastor, we want you to buy wings. So I did. I just had to be honor that person's request. But check this out. I didn't know I received it because it came from an unlisted number and I thought it was spam. I didn't even read it. You know, if it doesn't have a name, I'm not reading it. How many are with me on that? Like, I'm like, whatever. It said grub up. I'm like, that's another spam. So several days went by. I had a gift of wings. And I didn't, I wasn't, I, I, I didn't access it until I received it and accessed it then I had the wings and the same is true with Sabbath we have been given the gift but it's up to you to access it and receive it into your life you see Sabbath involves making the choice to unplug from anything that causes us to stay connected to what drains us for six days. For six days, we are being drained. We're being depleted. We're being sucked the life out of us. They're sucking us dry. How many are with me on that? Like leeches and vampires, more work, more production, more stuff to do. It could be your boss. It could be your spouse. It could, it could be a child. It could be anything, just like, ah, and that Sabbath day, you're, you're like, you know what? My shop is closed. Sorry. I'm closed on Sundays. You unplug. That means you unplug from your devices. That means you unplug from, from your phones. That means you, but what if there's an emergency? They'll get a hold of you. You unplug, you hit do not disturb. You stop, stop staying connected to things that drain you, work and emails and news and, 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 and just busyness and, and, and stuff that just sucks you. I don't know why I'm doing this. Maybe like vampire, like sucking blood. Out. Maybe it's Halloween. You're like, ah. right, right? So what does Hebrews, now let's jump to the New Testament for a minute. I'm, I'm winding down here. Hebrews, what does the New Testament teach us about this rest? So in Hebrews 4, verse 9 and 10, says there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Now we're in the New Testament. We're in the New Covenant. Okay, this is not like it's abolished. It says, for anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. 
then, y'all ready for the next one? Here we go. Therefore, what? He doesn't just say enter the rest. He says make every effort to enter that rest. Why? Because rest is resistance. Resistance to the God of this age. Resistance to the desires that want you to continue to work. And I know what you're thinking. You said it before, Pastor, I just got so much. I know you do. And I do too. But you know what I'm learning as I've been practicing this for several years? Not perfect. I return to it. Every time I get off track, I return to it. You know what I'm learning? That it's okay that certain things take longer than others. It's okay to have a list that's undone. God's going to work it out. God's going to take care of his church. I only have so many hours a week that I could invest in this church, but what do I do in the rest? I just, God, you got to work it out. You got to figure this thing out for me. Because God takes great joy when I rest, when I replenish. I release it to God. I trust him that he's in control. That's why Hebrews tells us, make every effort to enter into that rest so that no one, will punish, no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. What he's basically saying, he's talking about unbelief, he's basically saying that there are consequences for disobedience. What are the consequences? I think the biggest one is you lose your soul. And so many people are trying to recover their life and they don't know how. And, and they try to recover by using pleasure. That's why pleasure is through the roof in our country because many people think, I need more pleasure. I need more entertainment. I need more stuff. But unless you go to the giver of life, you will never recover your life. Unless you find Christ, there is where you find life. He is the only one that can satisfy the longing of your soul, the longing of your spirit. He's the only one that can revive you. He's the only one that can replenish you. He's the only one that can refill you. Now, there are things that are good and fun. I'm not against any of it. I love it all. But unless my first source is with God... Anything in this world can never replace what I need and replenish my soul. I said this earlier. This is where I jumped ahead. You can either slow down <clears throat> or slowly burn out. Now, Jesus in the New Testament, check this verse out. Um, as we wrap up here, Jesus, um, he commanded his disciples right before this in Mark 6 to go and preach the gospel, heal the sick. He said, go heal the sick perform miracles, and they did. I mean, they went from town, they, they performed miracles, they were preaching and teaching. Then John the Baptist was killed and beheaded, so they went to get John the Baptist's body. They were traumatized. They experienced busyness and then trauma. And look at what it says, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat Okay, so they go to Jesus, sorry, they go to Jesus and begin to tell Jesus all the things that happened. And then it says, because so many people were coming and going, they didn't have, even have a chance to eat. He said to them, what does he say? Read it with me. Come with me by yourselves 
to a quiet place. Get some rest. He didn't say, go take a day off. What is the key to finding rest? Come with me by yourselves. Get away with him. Go to him. Create space and time in your life where you can be with him. You can be with your family. You can be just present with God and yourself. Find a quiet place and get some rest. And I believe God is saying this to all of us here today. This is what the Lord would say. He knows you're tired. He knows you're depleted. Like someone told us over dinner last night, they just felt like they were in a fog. He knows you're in a fog. He knows you're exhausted. And this is what he's saying to you today. Come with me by yourselves. Come find a quiet place. And I will give you rest. For the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack anything. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. As I sat with God yesterday, that first verse just struck a chord with me. I just prayed that first verse. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I have everything I need. I rest in you. I rest from striving, from pushing, from trying to achieve. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't have goals. Let me go back because I heard it. I heard some of you say, well, what about my goals? What about my dreams? What are my desires? That's all good. It's not that work is more important than rest. The reason why I'm pushing rest so hard is because y'all know how to work. Right? But y'all don't know how to rest. It, rest is not more important than work. God doesn't want us to sit home for six days and work one. If that's you, get a job. Do you know what I mean? Get a job. But he wants... He wants you to rehearse the rhythm in your life of work and rest. The power is in the rhythm. So as we wrap up, two questions for you today. What day are you going to stop? Close up shop. What's your day? Is it Sunday? For most of you, it's Sunday because, you know, generally speaking, but some of you have rotating schedules. Sometimes you're on call. Sometimes you've got stuff going on. What's your seventh day? Is it going to be a Friday? Is it going to be a Saturday if you're a nurse or a doctor or, you know, shifts are changing? But for most of us, what's the day you're going to stop? And the second question I want to ask you today is how are you going to rest? How are you going to rest? Next week, I'm going to talk to you more about what rest looks like and how to delight. I'm going to talk to you about that. Like, what does rest look like other than a nap? <laughs> right? Because you think rest, nap. No, rest is more than a nap. It's replenishing your heart, mind, soul. Um, but how are you going to rest? Take a moment and let's process that together. What day are you going to stop? And how are you going to rest? Let's bow our heads together. Let's take a moment. 
day are we going to stop? How are you going to rest? And let's close resting in God right now. Lord, we rest in you. We trust you. You're in control. We relinquish our to-do list to you. Could you do that to God? Say, Lord, I release my to-do list. On this day, I release it to you. I release my to-do list to you. I release my tasks. I release everything and everyone. Lord, that you would give me rest. Now, just put your palms up and say, Lord, I receive that Sabbath rest in my life today. On this Sunday, I receive Sabbath rest. I receive Sabbath rest today, Lord Jesus. I receive it. And I trust you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. As I close, just remember that Sabbath is not a day necessarily. Sabbath is a person. Jesus is our Sabbath. Lord, we rest in you, Jesus. We trust in you. If you're here today with your head bowed and eyes closed and you have not received Christ, you have not invited Jesus into your life, you say, today's the day I want to place my faith in Jesus. If that's you, lift up your hand. Say, I want to place my faith in Jesus. See your hand. See your hand. See your hand. Place my faith in Jesus. Lord, I pray that as we place our faith in you, that the Spirit of God would make us alive from the inside out. And Lord, teach us, help us as we strive to enter into rest. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name. And everybody together said, Amen and amen. Thank you for your time. So today, we have a beautiful day out. How are you going to rest? Let me encourage you. Go for a walk. Make a delicious meal or order out. Just be with your family and your friends, okay? Um, remember, Trunk or Treat, we do need your help, so you can sign up for that. If you made that decision to follow Jesus, there's a Bible in the back. We would love to put that into your hands. Just see Joan. She's back there. We'll give that Bible to you. And we just thank you for being here. If you have a financial gift, bring the envelope to the mailbox in the back. You can drop it in there. Have a great week, everybody. We love you. Enjoy your day. Take care.